This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras on 680 CJOB. Welcome to the show. Cameron Poitras here. Jim Toth here. Lots to get to as the show goes on. Derek Taylor will be joining us after 1230 to talk about day three, a Blue Bomber camp that has wrapped up. Blue Bomber reports brought to you by Stars Air Ambulance, caring for Manitobans when and where you need us most. Uh, Derek will be joining us after 1230. Uh, we've been promising this one for uh, about a week now, but we're, we're making some time for it. Uh, we're going to talk about the Winnipeg Jets and uh, defense, um, the log jam they have, particularly on the left side, and uh, some of the question marks on the right side, and, and, and decisions that have to be made to shore up some positions. You know, how much does need to change? We'll get into that after uh, at around twelve forty-five. Uh, but first, Jim, hello, uh, happy and, Tuesday, terrific Tuesday. Uh, yeah, bringing back Tuesday, bringing the good yeah. vibes back to Tuesday. Tuesday gets a bad rap. We're uh, committed to ensuring that Tuesday is brought into a, a much Tequila better Tuesday, light. Movie Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. Taco Taco Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Um, and hey, the Winnipeg Ice as well. Uh, game three in the ice West game WHL. Yeah, ice. <laughs> uh, the Winnipeg Ice and the, and the Seattle Thunderbirds. They are in Washington State right now. Game three is going to be going tonight. Uh, that series tied 1-1. Trip to the Memorial Cup in Kamloops on the line. Uh, for the winner. But text to show 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. The final four, set, match, done in the National Hockey League. The Stanley Cup playoffs now down to just four teams uh, in the West, Vegas and Dallas in the East, Florida and Carolina. I saw this today. Uh, I actually figured it out myself, and then I saw that it actually was all over social media, and I thought I was like a very creative um, <laughs> unique person. And I was like, oh, no one would think of this, and everybody had already thought of it. Um, I really I, felt bad because he told me that. I'm like, I saw that all over last night. <laughs> yeah, like, I actually <laughs> didn't see that. I went and, like, I, first well, of all. you go to bed early. So, yeah, so yeah. I, I went and checked, like, latitude and longitude and, like, which one's which. And I'm like, okay, well, the Vegas is slightly more north than Raleigh um, in Carolina where the where the Hurricanes play. But, yeah, Vegas, the, most, the northernmost team still alive. Uh, slightly further north than uh, Raleigh. I'm sorry you had to feel bad for me because I thought I was like, you know, really deep diving. And G Mac never, uh, Greg Mackling on the start, um, he never heard that either. He just goes, wow, great geography on that cam. And I was like feeling pretty <laughs> proud of myself. I'm like, yeah, I am pretty good at geography. I did. Thank I, you. I heard, not only did I hear that like Vegas is the most northern city left in the Stanley Cup playoffs, but then Elliot Friedman was on Sports Central last night, and he said that he had a colleague text him and said, it doesn't matter where the Stanley Cup final is, we're going to get a tan. And I thought, yeah, Florida, Carolina, Dallas, or Vegas. Yeah, yeah. And then and then as soon as I found out that northernmost stat and I did I did the real heavy research, I, I then proceeded to see it all over the place. <laughs> So, which was a big blow to, you know, my I used to my get that all the time. Mind. People would say, well, why don't you just Google it? I'm like, well, I'm looking it up. And they're like, just Google the answer. I'm like, oh, I guess. <laughs> kind of liked what a, the research I was doing. But that's why you always double check and you double check. Yes. Your factual two sources now along with the rest of the that's world. That's right. I can't, uh, I, I, you know, I'm not going to leave a fact like that go on, you know, I'm not going to leave that stone unturned, you know, because like, people need <laughs> to know. Um, but how do you feel about this? I mean, is this is this at all interesting to you? 
The, the, these sets of games? Yeah, like I never, I know it was a big thing. And when the Oilers lost, because that home didn't get that high stick, and everybody's like, Batman hates Canada and, and doesn't want a Canadian team to win. I don't buy into any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 nobody sits there and goes, this is the first time Florida's been to, since 1996. And some people do, but I'm like, I don't, there's so many players from all over the planet on every one of these teams that, I think it's good for Carolina. I think it's great for Florida because those are, you know, they are hockey markets now and we make fun yeah. of them. And, and Florida, especially the last couple of seasons, have started to sell some some tickets. Carolina has always had a, it's not a massive fan base. It, it is now, but even like seven, eight years ago, I think they, they had their fan base where they could sell at the barn, but I just don't think anybody outside of the barn itself, yeah, the building I, was maybe there. Maybe people need to, like when I was in Orlando not too long ago, the amount of Tampa Bay Lightning fans that yeah. were there, that was the number one team. I didn't see many Rays hats. I didn't see any Buccaneers stuff. I understand that it wasn't the season, but there was bold stuff yeah. everywhere in that area of Florida. And, and um, Dallas is a great hockey town when the team is winning. Like that's, that's the difference between... Between, yeah. To me, um, other than Arizona, uh, but that's a difference we'll get to Arizona between, as the show goes between on Canadian and, and U.S. Yeah. based teams. Is there there are fans there? It's just not like here in Canada. And if your team wins, they're all over it. Mm-hmm. Now the NFL, MLB is different. Like yeah. if you go to Pittsburgh and the Penguins suck and the Pirates suck, you'll still have the the Pirates fans, the mm-hmm. the Steelers fans, um, but. You know, like if Florida is is good and around the playoffs, they'll get fans. And Carolina is a very. I've talked to some people that have have played there, and they they say like it's it's a misnomer that that this is a struggling hockey market. It is a and they had the outdoor game there this year, and it was yep. sold out. So um, I think it's great for hockey. I, I think it's it would have been fascinating if Seattle got through. But Dallas is an organization. I mean, we got to talk about Dallas, right in the central. This I'm is, not surprised. This is their second Western Conference final since 2020. Dallas is always, people always like, oh, Dallas, and are they good enough? And Ben and Sagan are too old, and now they got a different coach. And they're all, Jim Nill always has this team in and around it. I'm, well, he's done a fantastic Even job. Even when they lose in the first round, they're back the next year and going to the Western Conference final. Like, I, they're I, always in and around it, right? He's done, this is, what what a perfect way! Like they they've totally retooled this roster, bringing in skill and talent, and they never had to bottom out. No, nope. like like I mean, everybody wants to talk about uh, how to do this, how to build a team, and that this and that, and everybody's got an opinion on it. But but why aren't more people talking about what Dallas has been able to do without without completely collapsing? And and everybody talks about big contracts for aging players, completely holding a team back. Well, look at look at Dallas. With 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 Sagan and, you know, and particularly Jamie Ben, and I know he hasn't done much. He's been okay, and he's gotten a few points. But like Max Domi, and and somebody was texting us about this when yeah. Max Domi said, "Well, for a second round pick, he went to Dallas." And I'm like, you know, and then they got upset with me because they said, "Well, they don't choose where they go." And I'm like, "Yeah, they do." Uh, same with Luke Shen going to Toronto. If if all you're going to get, so they open the market, they have these discussions, and if it's a third-round pick is the going rate, then they sit down with Luke and they go, look, Winnipeg, Toronto, and so-and-so are going to offer a third-round pick. Mm-hmm. You know, where do you want to go? And people argue with me, well, Toronto's third-round pick is lower than Winnipeg's. Where it, they do that, and I think the Blackhawks did that with Max Domi. I think they sat there and they said, we're getting a second-round pick for you. Where do you want to go? And he, you know, well, I'll go to Dallas. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think it happens all the time, but so – I just think Dallas is one of those teams that they're never getting the big names, but they go get names. And and the difference in that is, 
you know, they, they bring in the, remember Tyler Sagan getting out of Boston, had to be put in a hotel during the Stanley Cup run because he couldn't not go out. <laughs> and they yeah. make a deal and they sign him. And then that, that Ben contract looked real rough for a couple of years. And then, you know, they augment it with drafting. And, and I think, you know, Jim Neal is underrated as a general manager. I think it's underrated the run that they've been on. And I think the way they go about business could mirror a little bit of, of Winnipeg. Winnipeg still has a much tougher job because Dallas is Dallas, Texas, and it's a good sports town, and it's it's awesome to play it's there. It's a good place to be. Yeah. And when my buddy played there, he went to the, the, the Stanley Cup final they lost to New Jersey. A guy I grew up with played there, Jamie Pusher. And he went from Detroit as a his first two years in the league to Anaheim. And he said in Anaheim, the circus would come to town for 12 days and get more people daily at the circus than we could get at Ducks games. Mm-hmm. Then he went from there to Dallas, and he said Dallas is, you know, he, he told me a story. It was hilarious. He said, a, a, I came out of the room one day, and all the reporters were standing around. They're just like here in Winnipeg. And he said, I heard two reporters talking, and one one guy, a younger guy than him, said, yeah, I, I'm hoping to do this Dallas Stars beat for a while and then get onto the high school baseball beat. And uh, And he's like, I looked at him like, you'd rather cover high school baseball than, but that's Texas, right? Yeah than the NHL, but that's Texas. And he said, that's why I really liked it there. Rabid fans, really good hockey market, but nobody bothered you. It wasn't like Canada or yeah. things like that. Like he said, I go to the grocery store and maybe get the odd good luck. And that was it. Mm-hmm. The notoriety of it. Yeah. Pete DeBoer in, in, in his first year with his last four teams now has at least gone to the conference final uh, with New Jersey in his first year in 11, 12, went to the Stanley cup final. San Jose went to the Stanley cup final um, in in fifteen sixteen lost to the lost to Pittsburgh and then took Vegas in this first year to the conference final who they lost to Dallas and then now it's taken Dallas at least to the conference final so he said he said great success in his first year um, as the head coach of of whatever team he has so I, I'm not surprised by that um, in, in, I mean looking at these series I mean if if I have to see like I like Dallas over Vegas. And I, I picked Vegas to lose the last two series, so maybe I, there's something a little <laughs> bit wrong with me. But I like Dallas to win this one. Um, so do I, but I, 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 I'm, I don't have a really good ex- explanation why. I keep betting against Vegas for six years now. Why don't maybe I'm, there's something wrong with me because I Vegas can very well win this. You know what? I'm not picking. I'm going right down the middle. I'm going 50-50. I don't know. Well, I think um, Ottinger can be the difference, but then – you yeah, just but, took out the Oilers power play and McDavid and Drysaddle and, with Hill in net, and you and you beat Connor Hellebuck in, in five. Yeah, games, and you beat so. Connor Hellebuck with Laurent so, Brassois. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but Florida and Carolina. Florida has a great run. I'm not going to completely discount the Panthers. Um, they've obviously they beat the Boston Bruins um, in the first round, and they pretty much handled uh, the Leafs. The Leafs didn't play horrible over the series, if I'm being honest. Uh, but hey, you got to find ways to win. Florida beat the Leafs in five games here. Um, I'm not going to discount them, but I think Carolina is just um, in, a, in, a, in a they're in a different zone than when than when Boston is. Like Car- I, Carolina was playing important games all the way down the stretch. I know they were going back and forth with the Rangers and the Devils for first in the Met in the Metro, which they eventually won. Um, but I think uh, I, I think Carolina is a little bit more tested, and I think it might be their time. I think it's have, their time. They have a great. They yeah. got a really good group of. Of of individuals there, and I I I think they're playing they're playing the right way right. It's kind of like when Washington won. Carolina's been around it for six seven years. Yeah, They've had their exactly. core. It's developed. They brought in some names every year. They go get some names. Yep. And they just keep going at it and at it. And it just seems that like when Washington won, I don't think in the last ten years previous that was their best lineup. 
but it was the right lineup. And I think it's Carolina's time too. So I don't have a problem with Carolina winning. I do have Dallas over Vegas as well, but it's, I mean, that game last night, like that's, this is the stat that I, I stood out to me. Dallas is seventh or seventh in the league in scoring and third in goals against. So they're in and around it, yeah. or third in scoring, sorry, and seventh in defense. And then that's how they won the game last night was defense. Mm-hmm. They, you know, capitalized on some two turnovers and scored two goals and won 2-1. But it was their defensive play that won them that game seven last night against Seattle. And I, I'm watching that Dallas team, and I'm just like, so here's a team that can outscore you. Here's a team that can outdefend you. And here's a team that really does it both in the same night. Yeah, They never, you know, hold teams to 17 shots and put up six goals, but they will beat you 6-4 one night, and then the next night they'll beat you 2-1. Like, and then you look at that, that's that's a good lineup. So I like, I, I'll take Dallas and Carolina in the final. I got Carolina winning it this year. Let's, uh, let's take a break. Let's come back. Something to look for, and we'll definitely get into this tomorrow, um, about how big of a day this is for the... <laughs> Arizona Coyotes, the Tempe voters uh, taking part in a referendum to determine the future of uh, the Tempe sports complex, the rank, you know, 16,000. It's coming down to the Tempe voters, um, and we'll see what happens. Like, I don't know. I like Snoop Dogg doesn't want the Coyotes? <laughs> yeah. No, he doesn't. Um, but this is, this is just another part of the what is it now – like nearly three decade long saga of this, of this organization. I hope it finally comes to an end, but I, I wouldn't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bet on that. Imagine if they lose this vote. I can. Yeah, I can. I can, <laughs> yeah. I can, yeah, I can imagine. And I think it continues. And I mean, I don't know like this. We're going to talk about it tomorrow. This whole college arena. And don't you, maybe that's affecting because Austin Matthews, he's saying, I'm going to the Leafs. I'm, I want to stay with the Leafs. You he doesn't want to go play in this This clown isn't show. even a fair comparison because IG Field is an immaculate facility. But can you imagine the Vikings going, we're just going to move to IG Field for a couple of years? I mean, they, Minnesota University Gophers, or Minnesota, University of Minnesota Gophers, yeah. have a stadium that's just as huge. They did that. They went to the University yeah, of Minnesota when, Gophers. When the but, thing collapsed. So, what you have to do is go, they're going to the go to a high school football stadium of 10,000 people in St. Cloud, Minnesota for three seasons. That's literally what the NHL is doing here. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Weather's brought to you by your Winnipeg Metropolitan Region REMAX agents. We do have that special air quality statement in effect for areas west of Winnipeg. That stretches to the Saskatchewan border due to wildfire smoke. Can still see the haze in the city today as well. Sunny, high of 26 this afternoon. Mostly clear tonight with a low of 13. Mix of sun and cloud could have some more haze tomorrow as well. Also a 60% chance of showers and a high of 27. Thursday, sunny again, but cool, a high of just 16. Right now, 20 degrees at 680 CJOB. Let's throw it back over to Jets at noon. Thank you very much, Skyler. Uh, still to come, we'll talk some blue line for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, as well as some other stuff that we can uh, we'll squeeze into the show. But first, bring on to the program, voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers here on 680 CJOB. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What are you still doing here, Skyler? I'm on Twitter. Oh, oh, you're on Twitter. Oh, I thought you were waiting for us. 
No, it's okay. well, I'm sorry. I, we, got, we got Derek. Not, like, yeah. yeah, Derek Taylor's more important than me, boys. I'm not obligated. Yeah, we're to not, join we're the not program. talking to you today. I That's fine. I didn't want. I didn't want to like have to say it. <laughs> no, it was uncomfortable, wasn't the, it? The message, That's why I brought it up. <laughs> the message was sent. I, I didn't just, want you to sit there wrong. for ten minutes and go. You gonna talk to me? No, not today. <laughs> sorry. It's all good. The floor is yours, DT man. Like I, I hope you have fun with these guys. Yeah. What an intro, hey. I wanted the one-minute power play. Where the hell is the one-minute power play? That's what I tune in for. It died with Sarah McCarthy when she stabbed us in the back and went to the mornings. Thought of her own career. Oh, yeah, put herself ahead of us and the and the show. And, and no and one knows where Skadge. No one knows where Skadge Pizza's sitting. That's just been <laughs> yeah. lost in the airwaves. Yeah, you know what? That's something I've been just trying to put away because I can't think about it because I'm too disappointed. What an opportunity missed. Derek, how you doing? How's day three? How's day three? Doing? Uh, day three is really good. It's yeah. uh, it's the final day before a whole whack of cuts come. So yeah, we were we were intently watching who's going where and when. I was going to say. So what have you been noticing? Because uh, we'll get in a cut down day tomorrow and the parameters of it. But uh, what have you noticed out there today on on who's still you know looking to make this roster? Well, there's there's a variety of guys, and we're watching today uh, linebackers because Adam Bighill for the third straight day uh, wasn't out here working. Adam Bighill's not getting cut; he's just fine. So it allowed some uh, some other guys uh, to work. So we're watching uh, younger guys and new guys to the team, like oh Barrington Wade, for example. Okay, well he's he had some reps with with first team and alongside Malik Clements. Okay, but then there were later on you went oh wait a minute Malik is actually down with the second team. And it was uh, rookie Christian Dixon up with the first-team linebackers. It was he and Shane Gauthier with the first-team linebackers. So uh, when the cuts, when the Bombers published their cuts, I presume in the morning time, but if some of them leak out, you go, okay, well, I'll be watching for names like Christian Dixon. I'll be watching for a guy like Matt Cole, a guy uh, defensive back wearing number six. He's with the second-team defensive backs, but he's got returning in his, uh, in his history, and he's been doing some, uh, you know, catching a field goals today. And you go, okay, well, well, I watch for uh, Dixon as well. And then I've been super interested in the, uh, the, what I will term for the day, at least the Kenny Lawler effect, because Lawler being back has affected some other players in ways that I had not expected. Wow. What is that? So uh, last season, Rasheed Bailey, uh, they moved him to wide receiver and that's where Bailey played. When Bailey got hurt, Carlton Agadosi took over at wide receiver and Agadosi had been in two camps by that point. And he's been uh, exclusively that wide receiver on the short side of the field, Mm -hmm. run down, go get the ball. uh, Let's go wide receiver. Well, Kenny Lawler comes in and Kenny Lawler has now taken over essentially what was Rasheed Bailey's spot last year. And they take Bailey, move him to the other side of the field and put him in the slot. And I thought, okay, well, that makes sense. Uh, In when they put the fullback on Bailey, Bailey will now come off instead of taking Kenny Lawler off the field. That makes perfect sense. But what I kind of, what kind of clicked with me today is, oh, wait a minute. They also moved Carlton Agadosi to the slot on the other side of the field. Isn't that a telling move that they've moved Carlton Agadosi's position as well? We've been hypothesizing, will it be Bailey? Will it be Agadosi? Well, Agadosi didn't have to change positions when Bailey did, but the Bombers have kind of indicated, at least through that move, okay, well, that competition is, is still alive for who's going to be that fifth receiver. And I thought, I thought it was interesting to take Carlton out of a position where we're used to seeing him, where he has more experience, and moving him across to the slot back on the other side. Oh, 
That's the Kenny Lawler effect. Kenny's going to lock down that X wide receiver spot, and the rest of you are going to have to find something else to do. That's fascinating because yeah. that is one of the things of camp when we're always talking about who's fighting for position and we've been over and over how deep this team is and how many veterans are back locked up that some players might be playing a new position this year because of that depth or because Mike O'Shea might feel that this is good for the team. Well, yeah, and we saw it last year, right? Lawler goes to Edmonton, so Rasheed Bailey takes Lawler's spot. Uh, Greg Ellingson came in. Greg, Greg was a tremendous slot back, so he's got to do that. Dalton Schoen, well, I guess we'll use him at slot back, and, and guys will move around. And the coaches will say, well, we change guys during, during the game, and they run from different spots. That's sort of true, but for the most part, you, you are what you are. Like, Lawler is going to work as that, that X receiver. But, yeah, just, just that they didn't have to move Carlton Agadosi from the wide receiver spot to an inside position, but they chose to. It pretty deliberately tells me that uh, – Again, this is me hypothesizing because Coach O'Shea won't won't necessarily discuss it. But no, it's it's Rasheed Bailey and Carlton Agadosi will be jockeying for that fifth spot and um, maybe the sixth spot on the on the uh, receiving core as well. You said Adam Big Hill was was not on the field today. Who else uh, was perhaps missing on the field or or, or not there today? So uh, there was no Brady Oliveira today. Uh, Johnny Augustine was working with the first team. Brady was here. He just didn't have his helmet and didn't do. Uh, much in the way of work in this one. Uh, we had some Jamal Parker and Evan Holm flipping reps at the, at the halfback spot. was the first time we've seen that. Uh, who else do I not remember seeing today? All the linemen were here. All the defensive linemen were here. Uh, yeah, Big Hill. Uh, Jesse Briggs was back at practice for the first time today. That's one of the, that's one of the notable ones. And then some of the, some of the uh, rookie Americans who, okay, when the – if they make the team, we'll start talking about them a little more. But a couple of rookie <laughs> Americans didn't take some reps today. But, yeah, no work from Biggie for a third straight day. Coach O'Shea addressed it yesterday saying he doesn't need the reps. And that, that, that's pretty true when you're coming <laughs> off the hall. If you're gonna, when you're a veteran coming off an all-star performance and you're going to the Hall of Fame, you, do, you really don't need training camp reps, honestly. Well, you know, and Derek, and if you would ask me that question, it says, what would Mike O'Shea say if uh, Adam Big Hill missed the first three days of practice, regardless of what the actual reason is? I would have said he would have said he doesn't need the reps, and that would have been that would yeah. have been as far as it was going to go. Well, so. and, and uh, I'd forgotten Jake Thomas still hasn't appeared at camp yet. Which again, mm-hmm. Jake Jake Thomas is another guy who does not need the reps to, to go and be stout in the interior. So, uh, yeah, there's there's a few of those, and they're they're kind of interesting to see. Uh, last year, Pat Newfeld and Mike Miller, Mike Miller might have practiced twice all last season. Uh, Mike's actually been out all camp so far, so that's good to see. But yeah. Uh, both Newfeld and Miller played pretty well last year, so yeah, you, you, the coaching staff I think knows what it's what it's doing when it gets to uh, veterans and how much work they'll need. Yeah. So, uh, and then we go into what you mentioned, Derek, and it's cut down day tomorrow. What's the parameters? So uh, the first cut down day was this past Saturday. They had to get down to eighty five players plus draft picks and territorial exemptions uh, and such. Uh, this time. There are no more draft pick exemptions. There are no more territorial exemptions. You've got to get down to 75 bodies. Forgive me, you may have territorial exemptions, but draft picks now count. So you have to get down to 75. So that is a lot of bodies that are, that are getting cut uh, today. We may hear uh, the announcements of a few of them today. We may hear the announcements of most teams tomorrow morning. But, yeah, that's, that's going to be 20-plus bodies that need to be cut. They need to be put onto the injured list. 
uh, they need to go somewhere uh, as they as they move. So yeah, this is going to be a big day. So guys who were, you know, with the third team defensive backs or you know with the third team of receivers may may not be with us much longer. But then you can get down and you still have enough bodies to do a lot of drills in camp in tomorrow's three hour practice. Uh, but significant cuts coming today. Bomber training camp reports are brought to you by Stars Air Ambulance, caring for Manitobans when and where you need us most. Uh, Derek Taylor from IG Field Voice, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers here on 680 CJOB. Derek, you take care. Talk tomorrow, okay? Sounds good. Thanks, pal. All right, let's take a break. Let's come back on the other side. We'll take a look at the Winnipeg Jets blue line. Texas show 204-780-6868. Uh, 204-780-6868. Uh, got this text message. Guys, if we're talking defense, we must move Schmidt six mil for two more years. Buy him out. Vegas unloaded him. Canucks unloaded him all because of his salary. Uh, and he goes on and stuff like that. But we'll get your text messages on 204-780-6868. Uh, we need to start looking. The texture goes on to say Chisholm and Hainola and other guys on the moose. We got to stop buying people out, in my opinion. We'll get into it. But, I mean, yeah, you're going to pay him... $3 million a year to not play for you and play for another and team. And he's going to play for somebody else. And then can you get a Nate Schmidt at $3 million to do what he's doing? Like I understand the six mil, the 5.9 actually it's, is what it is. It's yeah, yeah. steep, yeah. but you buy him out. It makes you worse than having him on the roster. Uh, what about the Minnesota wild? They, I can't get over this. They just paid Suter $7 million to beat them to be. Yeah. To play on the opposite team. He helped beat them. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. The Winnipeg Jets and their log jam at defense, particularly on that left side. Decisions have to be made, Jim. So you you think they got to be made. Yeah, you feel there's a log jam on one side and not enough on the other. That's my feeling. I don't know how you feel. We haven't talked about this. Um but I, 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 the, the, this, I think this situation here on the left side, I think it's now come to a head. I think the team was looking to avoid it. Maybe there was a belief, and I actually I think this, um, there was a belief that they needed the extra defenseman uh, on that, you know, heading into the playoffs. Right. And what they were going to uh, get within with trades for the prices that they were looking for, they felt like it would have been close enough, if not a wash. Uh, with some of the depth guys that they have already with the Manitoba Moose and stuff like that. So I, I think that's why things weren't dealt with uh, at the trade deadline. Whether you think that was a mistake or not, um, it, it it sort of remains uh, to be seen here. But on the left side, you have Morrissey with five more years as a UFA, Dylan one more year after this one, uh, Sandberg, RFA, Stanley, RFA, uh, Cabo Bianco, actually one more uh, year as an, as an RFA, Heinola, um, uh, uh He's got one more year as an RFA as well, and then and then Declan Chisholm is an RFA this year, and, and we'll have to clear waivers um, next year, which I think is a very important point. Um, so basically, for those three spots on the roster right now, you have Morrissey, Dylan, and Sandberg who have won those jobs consecutively. If you look at this season, those are the guys who have won those jobs. Um, where that puts uh, a guy like Logan Stanley and, and Villa Hainala and even Declan Chisholm, who played, I think, 95% of his season on the left side there, um, where that leaves them, uh, you know, is something that's going to have to shake out and I think is important to shake out over the course of this offseason. On the right side, it's almost completely different. You have you have Neil Pionk with two more years. 
Uh, Dylan DeMello is one more year, and then you have Nate Schmidt at, at two more years. All three of them eventually uh, reaching UFA status. Now, uh, the depth within the organization there, fairly uh, light. I mean, you have Elias uh, Salomonson, who's 18, um, Simon Lundmark is 22, and, and Tyrell Bauer, 21. Um, no no real heavy hitter or a guy that, that's really jumping off the page here. I do like Tyrell Bauer, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was a, a Seattle Thunderbird captain, yeah. a guy that's come back from injury. Physical guy. Yeah, yeah. And, and a guy who's 21 years old and, and could eventually develop into, in, into a National Hockey League. There's no doubt about that. Um, but, I mean, sort of initial thoughts on there. I mean, are, are these pieces that can be moved here, Jim? I mean, depending on how things shake up, I mean, where Mark Shifley, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Connor Halbach, Blake Wheeler are going to end up, I mean, we're going to find out, uh, you know, probably mid-July and August, at least by September at training camp, what's actually going to happen there. But is, is this something that needs to be alleviated? Um, is, is, this, is there too many assets on that left side and they need to be used to, to find, I don't know, let's say some, some help on the right on the right side defense, a guy that maybe is going to chip in 12, 13 points, 15 points over the course of a season, score two goals, but is going to be a guy that's going to be real defensively sound. Well, I think your lefty is right. It's, it's um, Morrissey, Dylan and Sandberg. Yeah. And I think um, I, I really like Brendan Dillon. I think if you can re-sign him, even as a, a he'll be a 33 this year, if you can re-sign him for a two to three year deal, and he's making 3.9 and you can sign Absolutely. him for another $9 million, I think you do it. Yeah. And I think you're very happy with Brendan Dillon being your third line left side guy behind Dylan Sandberg, who mm-hmm. eventually will take over that spot. I don't know if he's ready for that this coming year, but I was impressed with his season and, and I think he's more than solidified being a uh, an NHL player next year, and then you have Morrissey, of course. Logan Stanley's interesting. Um, you, all you have to do is offer him the ten percent. He's got nothing on his resume that uh, deserves anything more. Although they might do the old solid ten percent on nine hundred thousand, they might go here's a one point one or one point three million dollar mm-hmm. deal if you want to sign for two or three years. And that's very tradable. You can have him as depth and everything else, but he's already asked for a trade and he's already asked for a trade because he has a contract coming up and he has nothing on his resume. He needs some games and some consistent play in order to ask teams, including the jets for more money. Um, and, and Hainola is one more year away from being in the exact same situation. And Hainola is, yes. So this is the thing about Hainola. Is he going to be NHL ready next year? I would think so. Um, was he this year? He he deserved some games this year, but some of the games he played, I could tell that he wasn't consistently night in, night out on NHL or yet. Um, but I think that they've handled him masterfully, to be honest with you. I think that if he comes in and plays as a rookie, like say he plays like Sandberg did this year, and I'm talking number of games, mm-hmm. then you're going into the next contract of a bridge deal of two to three years if you want to do that at no more than $2 million. Yep. And, and you can say all you want about Jets management, but that's smart cap management. Mm-hmm. You're going to be bringing Vili Hainola on or an NHL roster, and you're going to owe him money with one year of service on his resume uh, at 23 years old. A 23-year-old NHL-ready defenseman who just finished his full rookie season <laughs> at $2 million or less for two to three years, that's not good cap management. It's it's an unfortunate situation for Ville Hainala. Yeah, it's not good of, for Ville. But in terms of the team managing its asset in Ville Hainala, I mean, it, it, it's a good move. And that's that's what this is about. I mean, it's a business, Jim. It's not. It, it, Nobody Jim, it has to manage this better in the NHL than the Winnipeg Jets. It's the one way they know they can retain players. Mm-hmm. And so 
I mean, I was on board for loading up and going for it. So I don't mind the defensive picture as at all. We had that texture who wants to get rid of Nate Schmidt and his 6.9. That's to Skyler Peter's point yesterday is the reason Seattle and Vegas have done well in yeah. Vegas for six years and they circumvent the cap all the time is because they don't have a lot of dead contracts. And if they do, they move them. Um, so Logan Stanley's interesting. I think they qualify him. I think they give him the 10% and then he's got to play some games, but all these guys are, are movable in my, my opinion. Now we've talked about Jordan Greenway um, at the end of last season. I mean, I mean, heading into the round, the trade deadline, a guy that went to, to, to Buffalo for a second round pick and a fifth round pick. Um, and, and a guy that's six foot six, 231 pounds, right? And, and you know, played 17 games with Buffalo and got, you know, got four points and then played with Minnesota. He got seven points over the course of those 45 games. So there, there is a market for guys of his size. Yes. And it's not just a, a fifth round pick. It, it, it's more there. And then you look at, I mean, listen, Greenway's 26 years old. Um, Stanley's 24. I mean, there's, I mean, not much of a difference there. Uh, but if you're coming in with a contract like that, I mean, it, there's good teams that are going to be there to bite. This is Tucker Pullman, right? Like everybody asks yeah. why he signed for three years at 707 some thousand. Well, he, cause he was 25 years old. He stayed in college for four years. And by the time he made the NHL, he's 25. And then all of a sudden he's looking at himself going, I need to make some money. Yeah. Like I can't be. And then he signed in Vancouver and he's been injured since then, but He's like, I'll, I'll take a three-year deal making 700000 because I'm 25 yeah. years old with no resume. Does Declan Chisholm need a chance? we got about 45 seconds. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it's... I but think he's it's an option, right? Like, there's options yeah. here. And and I think that, you know, teams will call about Brendan Dillon. Teams will call about Dylan DeMello. Yeah. And then it's what you see in Declan Chisholm and stuff. If you can improve your roster elsewhere and what you get for those guys, then you do it. But I, I just... I don't know, like... Do they go into the same thing? I think they look at their defense just as much as they're going to look at their forwards and see what's available. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's. I think you got to make some. I, gotta, I think you got to make a decision though. I, I, I think on Stanleys and Hainolas. Or? Yeah, I guess you don't. <laughs> you technically don't have to. You still have these players under 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 RFA rights. I mean, they're restricted free agents. You don't have to make a decision. You own the rights. That's the some, one thing. But if you're going to use, if you're going to make changes this offseason. This is an asset that you can use. Well, that's why I would change it. I, yeah. I On paper, I think this is okay. And is it dynamic? Can it be improved? Sure it can, but at what cost? But if somebody calls, I definitely listen on all these guys. Jim Jim told to take all the way till 3 o'clock. Thank you very much, Jeffrey Forche, for producing the show. That's it for me. I'll be back same time tomorrow. See ya. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.